Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding member, Joe Coglin. Just a quick reminder before we get you all set up on this week's episode, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Make sure you're looking us up and spreading the word as well. We always appreciate all the positive feedback that we get each and every week and uh, um, make sure you're spreading the word as well as we are getting started here in the spring season. Spread the word about the Varsity Podcast and uh, the great analysis that you hear each and every week and listen to some older episodes as well. All of it is great um, gold stuff, but we're going to jump in and do our usual four-quarter format. Um, When's the last time we didn't do a four-quarter format, Joe? I'm just realizing when do we go to periods or halves? I feel like it's been a hot sec since we haven't done a four-quarter period here. Yeah, we we usually find some time to mix it up a little bit and do a little bit of a uh, alternative type episode, but sticking to the scripts, we're consistent. Work, you know. Know. Yeah, you got to stick with it. Um, so in the first quarter, we are going to um, get you kind of caught up on some of the headlines that are taking place here early in the spring season. We're only a week and a half in, so... Um, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of great stuff going on, but um, we'll talk about some baseball, which has uh, taken place for both Loyola and Nutrier. And then uh, we'll also talk about Nutrier Boys uh, Water Polo, who is uh, on, off to quite a start um, early into the season here. In the second quarter, we will be joined by the new uh, Loyola Academy baseball coach, Josh Howard. He'll, Joe got a chance to catch up with him, so we'll hear from him. In the third quarter, we are going to play our weekly game of Way or No Way. And the fourth quarter, we couldn't help ourselves. We're going to talk some football. Um, we got some football headlines to talk about um, here in the fourth quarter, including a local commitment as well as the future of the IHSA football playoffs. So, um, you know us, we always love uh, talking about IHSA decisions and that sort of stuff. So uh, we couldn't resist and uh, not talk about it in this week's episode. But why don't we stick with the spring right now in the first quarter and get all caught up with uh, baseball um, Joe, I know you've gotten a chance to catch up with uh, the Loyola Academy baseball team based on you obviously talking to Josh Howard, but um, Loyola really uh, um, starting the season off right, not only winning its first three games of the season, um, but winning in all three in comeback fashion. And um, it seems like Loyola really likes to play risky uh, early mm-hmm. on, and um, so far it's been working for them. Yeah, not exactly. Uh you know, by design, but you come out with a W, you can't complain in the game of baseball. So three and oh, nice start for a new first year coach, Josh Howard, um, who, you know, told me after the game, by the way, you know, Monday was such a beautiful day. It was uh, an obvious one to get out to a baseball game. And um, I, I forgot how ch- challenging isn't the right word. Uh, I don't know, almost like experimental um, early season baseball and softball are as pitchers are trying things out coaches Correct. are trying things out there's a lot yeah. of meetings on the mound so we ran we ran up against the uh dark the light limitation pretty quickly um <laughs> on, the, on that one with all the walks and the meetings and things like that and um it was it was at, it was only a five minute affair with miles west because of that but anyway um, clock. you know they got into do the pitch clock there what's that yeah institute a pitch clock uh oh god let's start talking about that um, yeah, this but, podcast is really going to blow up once we get the MLB uh, pitch clock conversation started. Oh, for sure, it's MLB is a good target right now too. So, <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, you know, uh, they've just been able to stick with it. And, and Coach Howard told me after the game that, like, his mantra is, you know, you play outs one through 21, uh, 15 outs on Monday. But um, all seven innings, you play until they're absolutely, you know, they're done. Um, and you keep keep the pedal to the metal and, and grind it out. And that's what they've been able to do, even though, you know, facing late deficits in all three of the games. Um, they came back um, a big deficit in the first one <clears throat> and second game. They lost the lead, but then uh, regained it late. And this one against Niles West, they had a huge lead, eight to one um, in the top of the third. Um, they kind of gave that away, but then scored three in the top of the fifth to take the lead and then slam the door. So um, it's a potent lineup they got at Loyola. Um, I think they're going to hit. I think they're still missing a couple guys too. Um, they got um, Roger Simon back in the middle of the lineup, Mikey Regan, couple guys you might um, recognize from football as well and uh, Roger's been playing baseball for a while up on varsity and uh, they got some arms are pretty happy too but I think that lineup's going to be dangerous yeah it should be a lot of fun and what what has been the key I mean I know you mentioned it was a long game um, in the one you were at on Monday but what have you noticed so far about this Loyola team that um, they're able to fight back and uh, kind of you know kind of come back from an early deficit yeah, you know, they told me, I talked to Roger and I talked to um, Coach Howard and they both kind of said that it is kind of all about that mentality that baseball goes back and forth and any team can score runs. You just got to keep keep focus and keep pushing, um, keep playing the game and, and, you know, sticking with what you what you can do, what you know how to do and your strengths and, and hopefully you'll come out on top. It's worked three times. Um, you know, on Monday, they took advantage of a couple errors, but they put the ball in play. Um, they didn't strike out much on Monday, I think uh, probably four times, maybe five through five innings. Um, not, a, not, a, not a ton of time. So um, it was a pretty good performance for them. Their pitching was back and forth, but Liam Zadar came in and closed the door with a one, two, three bottom of the fifth. Um, I think they got really doubles happy. I want to say they had seven doubles on the afternoon, um, including four just in the second inning. So, um, yeah, they can hit the ball around the yard a little bit. And I think it's a team that's, that's going to need that sort of grinded out mentality in the Catholic league. Yeah, it should be really interesting. I mean, I, I don't know how much you can really take from, um, one game or anything like that, but what are still, I mean, it's also early on into the season, but what are some things that you can take from, um, what you've seen so far about this Loyola team and where they can move on as they're still uh, doing stuff here in the non-conference season. Yeah, I think, you know, what I saw at least on Monday in, in person was, uh, you know, they made some mistakes. They gave away some outs, um, but really they gave away some bases with walks and that kind of came back to haunt them um, <clears throat> with some, you know, Niles West can hit the ball. Niles West is, is, a, is a good program um, and they, they hit the ball around the yard a little bit, especially in the third inning when they put up a five spot. Um, but I think Loyola, um, they can match that with the hitting. So if they get a strong pitching performance and, and Howard said, they're going to go with a five man rotation, um, which is pretty hefty for the high school level, considering there's only a couple games a week. Right. Um, so they're, yeah, they're going to throw a lot of arms at you and hopefully they have that depth to keep you off balance. Cause I keep going back to it and I asked both of them about it, that Catholic league is going to be tough and you're going to need to do some special things to pick up wins. They're not going to come easy. Um, so what can you figure out in this non-conference before we get into that grind? Right. No. So it'll be interesting to see what this Loyola team is able to do, obviously under a new coach. And we'll hit on more of that in the second quarter where we hear from 
um, Loyola's new coach, Josh Howard. But um, why don't we talk some Nutrier baseball as well as, well as uh, Nutrier um, off to an 0-2 start to the season um, after losing two tight uh, matches, losing seven to six against Edwardsville, um, and then losing to Triad, eight to seven. Um, both those games not at home on uh, Friday and Saturday, but um, not the start that Nutrier wanted, Joe, but obviously some tough competition also in a tight game. Yeah, um, I think Nutrier is going to be fine. I think, you know, this early spring uh, with all the kind of uh, variables being thrown your way, you're trying to figure things out and the weather is not great and um, um, can can get you some losses. I, I I do think, you know, they've given up some runs. So I thought a strength might be their pitching staff. Who knows if they're healthy? Like I said, we haven't been out to see them yet. Uh, might be another week looking at the <laughs> the forecast before we do. But uh, uh, I really like their, their lineup, especially. I talked to um, their right fielder, at least it was right field last year, but one of their outfielders, Brennan Stressler, who's back. He's going to St. Lou um, after, after high school, um, he's a big bat for them, a consistent bat. And I talked to them about what the team can do. He, he said, this team has state championship pedigree and ambitions. Now in baseball, we talked about everything's got to break right at the right time for, for you to go that far, but he said, it's going to be a special season and, and this team has it in them. Um, so they just got to put some things together, um, see if they can get the pieces on the mound, but I think their offense is going to, is going to rake, put up some big numbers. Yeah, definitely. It'll be fun to see uh, what they're able to do um, this season. And obviously we have a whole season to figure it out. So we'll see what uh, the Trevians are up to as the season progresses and the water or the weather, I guess water is also part of it, but <laughs> as the weather allows as well. But let's uh, stick with water and uh, go to the Nutrier boys water polo team who is off to quite the start. Um but uh, off to a really good start, winning a classic this past weekend and then also winning the Palatine Tournament a couple of weeks ago. Joe, um, not only is Nutrier winning these games, but uh, Nutrier is doing it quite handily too. Yeah, we had to, uh, we had to give them a shout out today um, just because of the way they've been playing. So, you know, they opened up in the Palatine Tournament, won that one, four wins. Uh, I mean, they beat Loyola 18 to three in the championship game. They beat St. Rita 17 to three. So 68 to 11 in their four games of that tournament, uh, pretty wild stuff. And then um, in the um, Dan lunch tournament, uh, they, they took out powerhouses like lions. Um, they took out uh, in the championship game, Naperville central central, I believe 10 to four, to win the, the Dan Lunch Classic for the first time in their history. So pretty good stuff. You know, they're ranked pretty high on um, illpolo.com, um, but I think they're going to move up, uh, you know, a bit higher um, after this. So it's just, uh, it looks like a pretty potent team and, and that can hold teams down too. So it looks like they got the makings. Again, another team we haven't seen yet. Can't wait to get out to see them because I think uh, just judging by these scores, long season, but this could be something pretty special. Right. And, you know, uh, whether it won't be a factor in, in seeing them. So right. uh, it'll be fun to uh, check them out and uh, see what uh, they're able to accomplish and build off of this hot start. But why don't we jump on over now and go to the second quarter where we are joined by Loyal Academy boys baseball coach Josh Howard. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with uh, Josh after Loyola's win um, on Monday. What are the folks at home going to hear? Uh, we're just going to talk about more of a season and a whole than the win. You know, we'll touch on their win over Niles West, but we'll talk about what they're going to put on the field this year, kind of some of the, 
the depth they hope to have and uh, what kind of defines the Ramblers in 2022. All right, let's take a listen. Seems like you guys have had to battle every every game so far. How's it going? Yeah, every game has been a battle for sure. Um, you know, we got a resilient bunch though. Um, we uh, we've been down, we've been up, we've kind of run the gamut a little bit, but uh, these guys stay in it, and I'm proud of the way they compete. So, um, you know, I think they need to do. Hey, hey, Roger, can you hang out, Roger? I, I think they need to do a better job. Definitely need to do a better job of staying in it, keeping their foot off the foot on the gas when uh, you know we're up big like that. So, in the previous games, uh, I guess I didn't check them out. I know you had to come back. Did you have leads in those, or was it all a fight back? No, in the against, previous ones? against Fremd, we were down the entire game, so we definitely had to come back there. But uh, had a lead against Von Steuben and kind of let that one get away. But then we battled back again. Um, so I mean, it's a, it's a good group. They stay in it, but we definitely got to do a better job of getting ahead and keeping that lead. And playing with the lead. What's key to that? Uh, first inning, first inning success, early early inning success. Um, you know, uh, our goal is always to win the first inning. Uh, it's a game of first, first out of the inning, first strike of the batter, first run to score. Um, so getting getting the first, you know, winning the first, scoring the first, getting the first guy out of the inning. I think that's that's key for us. And then we keep our defense engaged. When our defense is engaged, we're we're in good shape. And today, uh, I I don't know five doubles or so, a lot of ropes around there. Is this? What's this team's lineup like? Seems like you had some pop in there. Yeah, we're, we're deep. Uh, missing a couple guys. We're, we're looking to get back, but we're deep right now. Uh, when we get them back, we're excited about where, where our lineup's going to go. And then once we get those guys back, I think uh, the sky's the limit for us offensively. So uh, excited to get those guys back, but we like who we have right now. And uh, it's getting these guys some experience that uh, might not have played otherwise. So we're happy that they're getting some at-bats for us. And uh, as far as on the mound, I'm not sure I got the best representation of you guys today. Got some walks today but what's this pitching staff what's the rotation look like uh we're strong one through five we go five deep with starters and okay. we, got, we got four or five nice relievers a couple guys were out today um so we had to have a couple guys step up uh so they were sick so um you know i think that, uh, we're, we're a team that that competes on the mound today we kind of kind of nibbled more than i would have liked um i would have liked us to go right at guys a little bit more um you know but at the end of the day we found a way to get it done and i think we'll we'll address that tomorrow at practice and, and we'll get back at it so year one for you. Year one for me, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, what, what do you bring to the table? What do you? I, you know, I think with with my mindset, it's it's that it, this game's 21 outs. This one happened to be 15, but uh, we we play till that last out is recorded. Um, no matter what the score is, we're going to play hard. Um, and you know, I want that to be our, you know, what we hang our hat on. So playing hard throughout uh, one through 21, and uh, you know, hard nosed baseball. Not an easy task to pile up victories in the Catholic League, right. never. Uh, so uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts about, you know, running through a whole season in that difficult league? Yeah, that league's, you know, that league's difficult for sure. Um, you know, it's it's 1-0 and on the day every day. Uh, that's another thing, you know, that, that we talk a lot about, uh, not looking ahead, not taking any opponent for granted. Um, you know, Wednesday we got uh, OPRF, so that's our focus. Um, but, yeah, one game at a time, one pitch at a time, uh, because when you, get, when you get ahead of that, you look past your opponent, bad things happen, so. Uh, not looking at the whole picture, just looking at, you know, the battle ahead of us. Uh, can you maybe one or two guys that, that I don't know that might kind of come up for you? You know, I know Roger, I know Mikey's been around yeah. for a while. Maybe a couple guys are going to come up and, and surprise some people. Yeah, I, our starter on the mound today, Michael Souther, is going to be a big piece of the puzzle uh, for us. Uh, Marco Arroyo, a uh, guy we really like, plays a little bit of third. He was out there today, uh, but on the mound he'll be our number two. guy we really, really like. 
Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Tomasello was a junior last year. Uh, we really like him in the, in the relief role. We think he's going to take a nice step up. And then Patty Clifford as well, um, a guy we really like in the relief role, closer role. And a, and a guy to watch out for is Matthew O'Brien on the mound. Uh, didn't throw a lot last year for us, but we're excited about him. He competes. He's a bulldog out there. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we trust our options, um, and we go deep. So hopefully these guys do what I think they're capable of and, and have some nice success for us. Thanks so much, Josh, for joining us, and uh, welcome to the North Shore area, and congrats, and uh, good luck to uh, everyone as uh, we are moving forward here into the season. Always a, um, a fun time to start new seasons here and a lot of fun talk, stuff to talk about, so uh, we appreciate Josh taking some time, and uh, we always appreciate everybody each and every week who uh, takes time to talk to us um, in the second quarter. But let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw five propositions and Joe and I either argue or agree um, the proposition can happen way or cannot happen. No way. We'll stick with Loyola baseball for the first question here, Joe. Um, way or no way Loyola baseball used all of its uh, luck way too early in the season? <laughs> uh, no, there's plenty of luck to go around. No way. Uh, it's always fun. Um, those comeback wins, even though a little roller coaster, I'm sure through the middle innings, but uh, the, to walk it off for two straight then then close the door with a save in the last one. That's a ton of fun. I'm glad the kids are out there. Kids, I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> glad they're out there having a good time and winning ball games. And there's plenty of luck left. Um, I am going to go. Um, I don't know why I'm struggling with this one. I really want to say way. So I'm going to go with uh, no way. Um, I don't think they used all their way too early to use luck. You got to use luck whenever you can, especially in a charm season. Um, but I think that there's probably going to be some luck left, but, um, you can't, uh, fall behind, especially this early in the season. I know teams are figuring things out. Like we talked about a little bit earlier in the first quarter, but, um, you don't want to use all your luck too early in the season and then have none left, um, in the postseason because luck is everything and not, you know, skill or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I'll go with, uh, no way that they used all their luck way too early this year. Um, we'll stick with Nutria Boys Water Polo as well, something we've talked about earlier. Where knowing that Nutria Boys Water Polo is showing early signs of being a state title contender? Big time way. Um, like, I don't think, you know, I'm trying to express it. It's early in the season. We haven't seen them. But just by the scores, these scores don't happen by accident, unless every team they've played has been injured or under, you know, shorthanded or things like that, which I guess is possible in this COVID climate. But um you know, they beat Naperville Central 10 to 4. They beat Lions 12 to 6. These are convincing wins, not blowout wins in water polo, but convincing nonetheless. And, you know, 8 0, two tournament victories and two uh, pretty solid tournaments. Um, they're, they're making every claim to be one of the best in the state, if not the best right now. Um, I'm going to go with the weight as well. And I think, like we talked a bit about a little bit earlier there, and that beating down on teams that traditionally are not good at uh, water polo. They're beating some really good programs in the area. We talked about their rankings um, in the first quarter, but um, yeah, way they're definitely going to be a state title contender, if not the favorites. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening within that program and uh, that should continue for most of the season into the playoffs. All right, Nutri or let's move on over now to lacrosse where um, Loyola and Nutrier faced off against each other on April 12th. Way or no way, Joe, that Loyola Academy girls lacrosse 
uh, will lose before their matchup on the 12th there. And I will give you um, the teams that they are playing just so uh, you can make an informed guess here or decision. Okay. Uh, played York, played Fenwick, Montini, Mother Macaulay, St. Ignatius, Lake Forest, Georgetown Prep, um, team from out of state, team from out of state. Um, and then they played Nutria on April 12th. Okay, so they're going to their East Coast tournament yes. this year, um, which is a, a departure from, from the previous COVID years. Um, uh, well, they, uh, yeah, those teams on the East Coast are good. I'll say way they pick up a loss there, uh, not in-state though. Uh, they won't pick up an in-state loss. I think they're, they're reloaded and ready to defend their title, um, but they might take one out on the East Coast. I'd say they will. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I don't think they'll lose in state, I think they will, might probably lose against some of the better programs on the East Coast. Um, and I think that'll be good for them because that'll just help them, um, you know, help that'll be a good learning lesson for them as they move forward here and go back to Illinois and um, take on some of the better teams in the state. Um, so yeah, I think way they'll probably lose. I don't think that's anything to be concerned about or anything like that, but I do think that um, there might come a loss against a really good, um, team coming up, especially on the East Coast and some of these other trips um, that the program is going to be taking. All right, Loyola softball started off the season with a 16 to nothing win over Lake Zurich. Way or no way, Joe, that the team needed that big win to start its season? Uh, it's always nice to start the season with a win. Um, you know, Loyola softball's got a, uh, they're missing one of their best players, but I'm glad you brought them up because last podcast, I believe I said Mackenzie Berry graduated and uh, I'm a liar. Um, she was a junior last year. So sorry about that. She's back on the mound and uh, big bat in the middle of the lineup and, and one of the best hitters in the state and also a very capable uh, pitcher too for them. So she's going to get, you know, majority of the starts as vast majority of the starts on the mound and she's going to hit a ton of bombs and, you know, over 300, 400 territory and be terrific with them, get on base all the time because no one's going to want to face her. So that's a nice uh, piece to have, nice starting block for them, and, and hopefully they can get the younger um, younger uh, players around her to, to, to buy in and play to her level or play up to it. So <clears throat> good win for them. Let's see if they can keep it because they do have a lot of young pieces. Yeah, I think I, um, I feel like I'll take the – E1 on this question. I feel like it's a dumb question. I mean, why would you not want to start the season with a 16 and nothing? <laughs> um, but I'm still going to answer the question because you already answered it. But um, yeah, definitely way. I mean, you obviously want to start the season with a dominant win like that just to get a shutout as well. Um, it's always nice to score a lot of runs, but you're also in softball interested to see how your pitching staff does. And um, to limit that team to uh, zero runs, um, that's a good sign for what Loyola is hoping to accomplish as uh, it moves forward here in the season. All right, final way or no way question. We're going to jump back to lacrosse and hit on Loyola. Um, way or no way that Loyola boys lacrosse will lose an in-state matchup this season? I'm trying to think if they lost one last year because I think they did. Um, well, they lost a new trio, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought there was another one. Um, I don't even consider them in state. Those are both kind of the tops. Everyone, everyone guns for them. Um, but uh, I'll say no way. 
Uh, I really think they're special this year. They got one of the best players in the in the country, and Wilma Harris um, is going to Notre Dame, and they got a few other guys going places all over the country, uh, Ivy League and whatnot. So uh, they're loaded. So is Nutrier. I could see Nutrier beating them, but I don't think so. I think Loyola's got a leg up here, and let's say they take it. Uh, I'll take all the in-state. So no way they lose in-state. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll go no way as well. I think they'll win all the in-state battles. Um, they already beat York uh, to start off the year. Um, and uh, I think uh, Nutria will be a test for them. Um, they're as well as the girls team who are also going on some uh, uh, tournaments. The boys team will also be traveling and taking on some um, teams outside of the area, primarily, I think, in Michigan. Um, so I think it'll be a, a, a fun season to see what they're able to do, especially now the kids are able to travel. But um, I'll go no way that they lose an in-state matchup this season. All right, that's everything we've got for this week's episode or this week's uh, version of Way or No Way. I don't know what's going on with me. It's kind of messing with me. Um, but uh, why don't we move on over now to the fourth quarter where we will hit on some football notes here. Um, it might feel like it is spring. And I mean, this time last year, we were getting ready for football, I guess. So um, I guess we're kind of keeping with that tradition. But um, yeah, that's Loyola, crazy. Uh, Loyola Jr. Brooks Barr is uh, announced his commitment to play football at the University of Michigan. He had a lot of offers from a lot of the top programs in the area, um, including Illinois, um, a lot of Big Ten programs as well. But um, it seemed like once Michigan came into the frame, that uh, that was where he wanted to go. Um, Brooks is, uh, I think he is in the top 10 when it comes to rankings, um, when it comes to uh, junior rankings for this class of 2023 in the state of Illinois. But I mean, just looking at how he played um, this past season and you just look at his frame, um, of how big of a guy he is. I'm pulling up his um, height and weight as we're uh, currently speaking right now. But um, just based on what we were able to see, Joe, he just uh, looked the part of being a future, you know, NFL potentially player. I mean, you don't have kids grow to be this big and this height and um, be like this. So, I mean, not really a surprise that he would make this commitment this early and that he would go to a school like Michigan. No, um, and it seemed, if I remember, when he got the offer from Michigan, his, and now we're judging tone on Twitter, but his tone was a bit different in his post. It seemed like he was really excited specifically at that offer. And not that he wasn't excited about others, but that one was a bit different. I mean, he was getting them at that point left and right. I think every Big Ten team came in at that point. So um, pretty special, you know, but, you know, Michigan just had a turn in, in the college football playoffs. So uh, that's pretty exciting to know he has a, a chance of playing at the highest level, you know, in the Big Ten and also a chance on a national stage. Um, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's he's every bit of 6'6", 270, and he's growing. Um, he's got a wingspan that they say, I believe, is about seven feet. Um, he, his arms are, you know, you watch the game, and not only is he burly, his arms are just long and, right. you know, rock solid. It's it's pretty impressive, um, you know, what he's grown into. And I think he's going to see his senior year um, a ton of double teams and things like that. So it could be one of those situations where we don't see the stats go nuts. But Loyola's defense, because of that, if that happens, might go nuts on the other side of the line. Or, you know, linebackers might get, you know, 
plus 30 tackles just because of Brooks Barr. Um, right. What's he going to do? It's going to take a load to stop him. It took a load this year. He was uh, he had a special season. Um, he, he did. He, he, you know, I talked to Coach Holosek about it, and I'm waiting to hear from Brooks. Um, just, you know, his techniques is pretty good. He said his, he doesn't have to really refine too much there. Um, it's a lot more about tightening down and getting more diversity in his moves if he wants to keep being a pass rusher. Um, so, uh, but he's, he's grown so much that he's still also figuring out, you know, exactly how to play with all that weight. He's, Halsek <laughs> told me that, um, you know, someone asked him before he stepped on the scale how much he weighed, and he thought about 250 some, and the scale said 269. So he, he wasn't even aware of how much he was growing um, and how fast um, between that sophomore junior bump. So um, he's awesome. Uh, he's been a pleasure to watch. And I think he's a uh, he's going to get that shot at the next level to be something special. Yeah, definitely. Uh, two for seven for some reason is down right now. Where I'm trying to put it up. But uh, Rivals has him as the ninth best player in the class of 23 in the state of Illinois. Three star um, recruit. Um, he had, like we talked about earlier, a lot of uh, interests and offers from um, a lot of different programs, including Duke, Illinois, uh, Cincinnati, Iowa, Iowa State, Miami of Ohio, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, uh, Vanderbilt, Wisconsin. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good programs were interested in Brooks, and um, he made the decision to uh, move forward and to. Uh, um, you know, just uh, make the commitment to Michigan. So um, congrats to Brooks on the decision that he made. And um, obviously he's going to be one of the key players that we're going to keep an eye on when a football season comes around um, this upcoming fall. And something else that we're going to keep uh, an eye on is uh, the current uh, state series uh, or state championship contract ends um, after the 2022 uh, football season. Um for the past 10 years, Northern Illinois and uh, the University of Illinois have switched off on who was hosting the championship weekend. Um, primarily it was if Illinois was hosting Northwestern to finish off the season, um, the game would be at Northern Illinois and then vice versa. Um, the line they were on the road, they would be hosting the championship this uh, that weekend. But um, that is contract is going to end this week. And then on Friday Night Drive, we had uh, that um, they're only going to do a five-year uh, contract where the team who is going or the program is going to be hosting it um, will just host it. There won't be a, you know, switching off every other year. Um, and there's some interesting stuff to look at where with, let's look at the two schools that are already hosting it. Illinois might have a hard time based on not knowing what the Big Ten schedule is going to look like now that they're going to change it up after this 2022 season. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to mix it up, mix up, um how they're going to do it they're going to increase games so we're not really sure how that's going to look so that might put illinois and northwestern even though um we don't know if northwestern would be interested in putting in a bid for it um that might put uh things at a disadvantage for them wanting to host it um you also have soldier field as a potential place to host the game but then you run into the mess of soldier field and the bears and whether you want kids playing football friday and saturday and the bears playing the following Sunday and what the Bears want that. Um, so that's really interesting as well. Illinois State and uh, Southern Illinois might have some issues um, based on whether they would make the, I think it's FCS right now. Is that what they are in, in the, whatever that level of football is called, Division Two or Division One? 
double A, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Division One, like second level. Yeah, I think it's FCS. Yeah. Um, they would uh, either have to decide yeah. to not host a playoff game if they would host the tournament. So um, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. I've always been of the mindset that you want these championship games to take place at the biggest venue. So that would probably be Soldier Field. I mean, who doesn't want to come up and play where the Bears play and a lot of great games have taken place. The Prep Bowl takes place there, but I don't know if there are many other games that, and some college games take place there as well. Um, so that would be interesting, but we're not sure whether the Park District would even put in a bid there. So it'll be interesting, Joe, where you think they have until all summer to put their bids in. A decision will be made in December um, at the IHSC board meeting. So um, it'll be really interesting to see what school or what program or what entity, I guess I should say, would want to host this because it seems like a lot of different places have interesting decisions to make. And um, I think Northern Illinois is honestly the only one who doesn't really have any problems with um, or conflicts that would cause it to not be able to guarantee that it would be able to host it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I'm looking, I'm trying to think of something uh, unusual or, you know, kind of a new idea, so, you know, something. And the one thing that pops into my mind is, is doing, finding an indoor venue um, just to, and this is coming from just a level the playing field type of uh, mindset in that I hate when things like rain or snow actually dictate a game or can influence a game to a serious degree um <clears throat> i always go back to the past heavy loyal offense back in like 2011 or whatever it was that uh lost the bowling brook in this in the rain sleet snow um because you know they weren't they couldn't pass the ball in that in that stuff but anyway um i, I just don't like that instantly so i wonder if that's an option i can't think of a venue other than like a you know athletic facility um, of which there are, are numerous in the state. I can't think of There's a reason why they're only doing a five-year contract because then with their new Arlington uh, Heights Stadium comes up, they can just have it there every week, you know, indoors and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I think Northwestern, I think, has an indoor full fit field. Um, but then, you know, you got to go north side of Chicago, basically. Um, what other new ideas, you know, does North Central have a uh, – they had a football field. Um, they had a good football team. Um, it's a stadium. It might be interesting to play there. Um, the another downside of Illinois, which I love, I, I, I agree with you that for the kids' experience, playing on the U of I field, playing on the Northern field, or playing on Soldier Field, are awesome, and not something ninety nine point nine percent of them are ever going to even come close to doing again. So it's awesome. Um, but that being said, the downside of those venues is there's you know, maybe a thousand people in, in the stadium of, of 50,000 or more, um, 60, 70,000. And it looks very empty, even though it might not seem like that. So um, would it be better at a smaller North Central or uh, I don't know. Um, so I'm not really sure. You got any ideas? I think, well, I know that they definitely want to have at least 15,000 people or have the ability to have 15,000. So I don't know whether North Central has that or not, but I've, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I always think it was cool. Um, I think it's cool that they moved. Um, and the, yeah, I'll probably be biased in this. I mean, I think it's cool that they moved the basketball championships back to Champaign um, at the State Farm Center. I think it's cool to play at the flagship school um, of the state. But um, I also wonder whether it makes sense for it to be Illinois State where you know, teams from the South have to come up and that kind of stuff. I think Southern Illinois would not work at all just based on 
a majority of the games that do happen are from the Chicago suburbs. And I don't know if people want to be going all the way down to Southern Illinois Carbondale to, you know, play in a football game. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of Southern teams and central teams will be like, well, we always have to do the, that trip, but it's like, there are more teams and that kind of stuff in the Chicagoland area who would be competing for a state title. So um, I do think that probably you would need to, I don't know, Northern Illinois this past uh, year did a good job of hosting it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to Illinois state hosting it. I wouldn't be opposed to Illinois if they can make it work somehow hosting it just to keep it all central and that kind of stuff and have that experience. But um, I mean, you did see um, this past year where you had, at Northern Illinois, fan bases are much more likely to travel to DeKalb from the Chicago area as opposed to down to Normal or down to uh, Champaign or definitely not down to um, Carbondale. So um, I think it all really just makes sense of where do you think you're going to get the most amount of play, uh, you know, families and fans and that kind of stuff who are actually going to come to the games as opposed to having them in a cool venue, but then you don't have any you know, you don't have any fans there to actually be watching the state championship game and it could be like, you know, 30 degrees or something like that or something tolerable for that time of year and the stands are pretty empty. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, it's, you do want the fans there. You do want a packed stadium. What's the best? I don't, I think everything's going to have pros and cons um, with it. You just make the best choice. I do think there are wrong choices, but I think there are probably going to be a handful that are, that are right or right enough. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see who puts their name in and maybe we'll get a surprise team in there as well. Just someone that we maybe were not expecting, but uh, it'll be an interesting decision for the IHSA to make. They um, have until December to make it. So a lot of teams or a lot of uh, um, entities are going to put in their bids and decide um, whether they're going to put in a bid to host a football state championship or not. But that was just something that interesting that we want to talk about. Always good to get some football into the podcast as always. So I think that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you uh, check us out on Spotify, Android, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. Make sure you also subscribe and uh, give us a nice little note. Um, we always appreciate the positive uh, ratings and feedback and spread the word as you're at these uh, games each and every week. Um, I hope that they're dry games, not rainy games under an umbrella, but uh, make sure you're spreading the word. Maybe you all can listen to the podcast while you're sitting there and watching games. But uh, for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.